God's faithful. Man, I tell you what, he is an exciting God. I went yesterday, and uh, I'm, I'm starting to look at new trucks. My car has got a lot of miles on it, and uh, I'm starting to look at new trucks, and I'm telling you, I didn't look very long. They are expensive. I mean, they are expensive. Jeez. Yeah. One guy told me, one guy told me, he said, now that one's 55000 I said, that's the price of our first house. I'm thinking, that's crazy. But, you know, you want something that drives for you. <laughs> and uh, this, this was one of those hybrid trucks, and I'm thinking, that, that is so crazy. But let me tell you something, I'm believing God. I'm believing God for great things. Let me tell you something. Materialistic blessings are really good, but I tell you, I'm thankful for the spiritual blessings. I'm thankful for those spiritual blessings that he gives us. And, uh, man, I tell you what, I hope last, uh, last uh, week didn't freak you out. I wish we had had a camera right here the whole time behind me to where we could have recorded everything that went on. And I'll just let you know that uh, Bridget and Wade walked delivered in Jesus' name today because of what God does. And God is so faithful. But let me tell you something. I was in the shower the other day, and I normally don't talk about my shower experiences. But I do take one from time to time. Um, and it's on purpose because, you know, I have to sleep beside a Christie, and if I'm stinking, she's not going to let me. So i got to take a shower. And I said, Lord, I said, you know, I said, and I don't know if you all remember this, but you can go back and listen to it. But there was, at one point, dealing with, dealing with the, understand something that the Scripture teaches us. For we wrestle not against flesh or blood, but against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this world. We don't wrestle against each other. We don't have conflicts with each other. It's the supernatural and the spiritual. If you've got a beef with somebody, it's in the spiritual. It's impossible for you and me to have a conflict because he says, we wrestle not against flesh or blood. Now, what happens is it manifests itself in the supernatural, and then it manifests itself down to the flesh and causes the flesh to rise up. And, and so we have to understand where these things come from. So although we're praying and we're, and we're believing God for Brigida, I wasn't dealing with Brigida. I wasn't dealing with Brigida. I was dealing with what was affecting her. And so, and I wish we could have got this on camera because I'm telling you, at one point that I said, uh, you know, I was believing, you know, and I felt like that she was free. And she looked at me. The, the spirit looked at me, not her. Like, who do you think you are? Like, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm thinking, that's when I pulled rank on that thing. Told them who I was. But see, how many times do you cave when the devil goes boo or that demonic spirit goes boo and says you'll never get free, you'll never get delivered, you'll never get set free and you just tuck your tail and you say oh I guess so. We don't stop giving up. We don't stop praying for the sick. We don't stop raising the dead. We don't stop these things. Let me tell you something. And, and people, it, it, it will freak some people out with what happened last week but let me tell you something. That's my element. I love praying for sick people. I love praying for people who, who are, are struggling in areas. Why? Because I love to see people free. So I'm in the shower, and I said, Lord, I said, you know, because there was a couple of things that, that went on that I had in 32 years of ministry and praying for sick people and, and five trips to South America and seeing the demonic and, and all this kind of stuff uh, happen. There was a couple of things concerned me out of how how, you know, I, of what I saw because there were things that I had seen that I had never seen before. And I was talking to Jesus about that. And I said, Lord, I said, what, what do you do about that? I said, because you taught me. And here's what the Lord told me. He said, teach them. I heard it audible. Teach them from my spirit. Teach them. Teach them not to be freaked out. 
teach them to be able to lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. And, and, and to, to be able to raise the dead. And, and so that's why the title of this message today is you are, are you a Marvel character? And we're going to get into why you can, you can differentiate if you are a Marvel character as we get down into Scripture. Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost that I feel, knowing that you're going to help me today as I preach this word. And I give you thanks and I give you praise and I give you honor for it because it's in Jesus' name. Amen. And here's what the word says. And he went forth, and this is Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to stop in between, give you a few different interpretations as we go. And he went out from, from thence, and he came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. This is his hometown. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From hence has this man these things. And what wisdom is this? which is given unto him that even such mighty works were through his hands. New Living Translation says right there, it says, where did he get all the wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? And then they went through the lineage, and, and I just kind of get through this as, as a for sake of time. Uh, the carpenter, isn't he the son of Mary and, and uh, it, James, it's like he's trying to put all this together, people are saying, and, and not his sisters with us, and, and, and they were uh, offended at him. The Word of God says that they, were, uh, that, that they were offended at him. Verse 4 says, And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin, and in his own house. Jesus accepted the rejection as a price of being a faithful, faithful son of man as he is. Paying the price that people could hurt him badly by rejecting him. But yet, there's a price to pay in walking with Jesus. You're not going to be popular with people. Always, you'll not always be popular with people. People are going to say things about you. People are going to do things towards you. People are going to say things about you. Get used to it. People may call you a faith healer. People may call you radical. But that's okay. Because let me tell you something. Jesus wants to move in your life and to move in my life. And guess what? There's a cost in him moving in our life. You have to give up your self-life and allow God to move in your life for you to see miracles and things take place. Jesus said in verse 5, and he said, And he could there do no mighty works. The Son of Man says this, I marvel at this. Save that, this, that I lay hands upon the sick, and that I only healed a few sick folk. The Son of Man was hindered because of the unbelief and the ignorance of the people. That's why when the faith is really moving in a church service, you can really see God do some things. But let me tell you something. I've also seen it to where it's people's unbelief within the church service that's caused people not to get what they needed. And we have to be so careful of that. Are you with me? And he marveled because of their unbelief. And here's what he said. And here's what they said. And he went around about the village teaching. There is, there is a difference between unbelief and no belief. Or is there? Think about that. Is there a difference between unbelief and no belief? He was concerned about the unbelief on why he could not perform the miracles and the things that needed to be done. So here's what he did not do. He did not say, 
I ain't coming back here no more. I'm done with you people. Y'all stupid. I'm done with you. No. He went around and he taught. He taught. He showed them. He, he did not give up on them. And see, God is not giving up on you, and I want you to be encouraged today that sometimes there are things that you may not get. And believe you me, there's things within my life that he blows my mind on a regular basis. There's sometimes I don't get it, and I've told God that. I've told him. I said, God, I don't get it, but I'm going to trust you. I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you. And that's what we have to do within our lives. And so, so you have to think through that process. Is there a difference between unbelief and is there a difference between no belief? Unbelief is this, a lack of religious belief and absence of faith. Now, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We know that. And see, if we're not in the Word of God, let me tell you something. I've been off uh, this week doing podcasts, but yet I've been in the Word because I've been preparing for the message. But let me ask you this. Even though in my absence of not doing podcasts this week, what's your Bible study life been been like? You say, well, I normally rely on you to bring that to me uh, on a weekly basis. Have you cracked your Bible today? Let me tell you something. We can't always depend on other people for us to get to Revelation. (laughs) We need to get to Revelation from God. And let me tell you something. Don't say to yourself that says, oh, man, I got to get in the Word today. And and it's just drudgery. I I just hate to do that. No, it's not like that at all. It's like, a thought comes to my mind that I could be working and have papers all over the place, and, and then I could look and say, hmm, I, want, I thought of this, and then I'll start looking it up, and I start reading. Next thing you know, an hour's gone by, and you have learned something. And, and see, what happens with people, and this is what I want to teach you today, is to understand something is that we have got to get the word in our heart so that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, so that we can raise the dead. Because let me tell you something, chances, chances are, It's going to happen someday. (coughs) There are going to be people that are going to come your way that are going to need you. But if you're living like hell and the devil, you say, well, you got to excuse me a minute because i got to go spend an hour in prayer repenting uh, on things that I'm doing in my private life. I will tell you this. God will not put his power through faulty wiring. He's not going to do it. (coughs) You're not going to make a mockery of him living one way with the devil, in bed with him, and living another way with Jesus. That's a double-minded man, and he is unstable in all his ways. You're either in or you're out. It's a truth. (coughs) So, the, the definition of unbelief is that we lack, we lack the, 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 the belief. It's absent of faith. So in the Scripture, Jesus only marveled. Now listen to this. Jesus only marveled at Jews' unbeliefs and Gentiles' faith. Jesus marveled at faith where it was present in unexpected places and when it was absent in places that it should have been. Isn't that cool? Let me read that again. Jesus marveled at faith when it was present in the unexpected places and when it was absent where it should have been. His work was limited because of unbelief. Jesus' power was limited within his own people. It's crazy. Now, a lot of people say, well, that discredits Jesus and his power. No, it just tells you how important you are. It tells you how important you are to the kingdom of God. Look, Jesus went back to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us, guides us, teaches us. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and for me. But it's you and me to do it. It's you and me to lay our hands on the sick. I'll get to it here shortly. But let me tell you something. When Jesus looks at you, that goes back to the title of the sermon today, when Jesus looks at you, what does he marvel at? 
are you a Marvel character? Are you one of those characters that he marvels at? Saying, man, is that guy ever going to get it right? Or man, is he ever going to get in the Word of God and really learn about who I am? Is he ever going to start tithing to where he doesn't have to suffer financially like he is because he's, he's not giving? Is, is he ever going to get that addiction under control that I didn't give him? When Jesus looks at you, what does he marvel at? Does he marvel at your faith or does he marvel at your unbelief? Food for thought, isn't it? What things is he, is he astonished about with you? Does he not say when you're being used of him, does he not say that's my boy or that's my girl? Being obedient to Jesus. There's people all over the world right now preaching the gospel just like I am. But you know what? He's got his eye on me too. He's got his eye on you today. What is he astonished about? Would Jesus marvel at your faith or your unbelief? Well, I just wasn't raised that way. I, I'm not raised on people falling out in the floor and people, uh, you know, speaking in tongues and and, and the demonic and seeing things happen like that. And I, I really wasn't raised that way. Me either. I was saved a Methodist. They don't do that kind of stuff in the Methodist church. My licensing is in the Free Rule Baptist Church. But I'm baptizing the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not ashamed of it. Look, the gifts of the Spirit didn't start working inside of me until I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you the truth. And you're saying, well, well now you're, uh, you, you must be full gospel. I'm all gospel. Don't label me. <laughs> I mean, don't label me. Look. I'm blood-bought, filled with the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and let me tell you something. The power runs inside of me just like it can run inside of you. And it may run inside of you, which I hope it does. Because let me tell you something. He loves us all, and he wants to work with all of us. But who? he's waiting on you to get it right. I'm not embarrassed about who I am. Jesus didn't let rejection of his own people stop him from the business of teaching and ministry, and you shouldn't either. So the question is, is how many of you would stop at the first time, and probably some of you have, you, you, you were all jacked up and ready to go, and man, I tell you, you were excited about seeing God do big things in your life, you're saved, you're, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and somebody bumps up against you and hurts your feelings. And at that point, you say, I'm done. If this is what ministry is, I'm done, I'm finished. I've quit this thing a hundred times. You can ask some of the peeps that hang with me and have seen some of the stuff that we've been through. But let me tell you something. I keep going just to spite hell. Just to spite hell. Let me tell you something. I keep going and I'm going to go until my dying breath. Because let me tell you something. That is who I am and that is what I'm wired for. And guess what? You need to be the same way. Stick your finger in the devil's face and tell him no. Tell him I'm no longer addicted because I'm free. I'm a new man. My speech is different. I talk different because of who I am and because of what you've done in my life. So how many of you have stopped the first time that you got your feelings hurt when somebody talked bad about you? Let me tell you something. The way I look at it, if you're not being shot at, you're not over the target. You know, Brady, when that was a woman that told you that? He goes to hand her a cross, and she told him to F off or whatever she told her. Glad I wasn't there. 
I'd say, woman, I'd slap you ugly, but I see somebody got to you before I did. In Jesus' name, of course. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Well, that wasn't that person talking to you. That was a devil trying to get you to quit, trying to get you to suck your thumb and say, hey, you don't. And I guarantee you, the next time you hand out that cross, he's like, you want a cross? No. You hand it to him. I bless you with a cross in Jesus' name. I'm telling you. People are cruel and they're mean. And they're in the church too. We got to get we got to get that out of people. We got to get people loving one another. We got to get people enjoying one another's company and let me tell you something. We got to get people fired up, ready to see people delivered and saved and healed. Teaching them. So are you one of those Marvel characters? That he marvels over you about. If a lot of you will keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get the same result. And that's the definition of insanity. Keep doing the same thing and expect a different result, that's insanity. The, um, the, the um, band director from the University of Michigan, Dr. Cavender, said this comment. He said, meteorocracy is the standard of excellence for the incompetent. Do we want to be mediocre in this walk with Jesus? We say, well, I'm just not wired to go up to somebody and say, come out, devil. I'm just not wired for that. But some of you are and you're not doing it. And the power of God runs through your veins just like it does mine. The power of God works in your hands just like it does mine. It's God's power. He gets glory. He gets honor for it in Jesus' name. Verse, um, verse uh, 1 of Matthew chapter 10, listen to this. Here's where we get into the meat and potatoes of the, of the sermon. Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples. He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Oh, I wish I'd have been there when he did that. He gave them all power out of the 12, against unclean spirits. So what unclean spirits aggravate you on a regular basis? Is it depression? Is it loneliness? Is it, uh, <clears throat> is it sickness of some kind? I mean, what, what does he aggravate you? What does the devil aggravate you with? See, here's the thing. You have power over unclean spirits. All of them. All of them. You have the power over all of them. You're a child of the Most High God. You're the church. You're nothing to sneeze at. You just got to get the revelation on who you are. And no, I tell you what, I wish I could see hell when my feet hit the floor. My God is awake again. Say, who do you think you are? I know who I am. And you've got to get that way too. You've got to know. And I'm not talking arrogant. I'm talking about knowing who you are. That when you lay hands on the, on the sick, expect a result. That's the problem. We don't, expect, we don't expect the result to know that God is going to do something. Well, I'll pray for you again just like I have a hundred times. Let me tell you something. When Bridget started up for that seat right there, and she started right here, I had something I was going to tell her. I had, a, I had something I was going to tell her. But when she started up through here, her, her body started twitching. When Wade, when Wade started up here and we began to pray for him, his teeth started chattering. 
you can't have a meltdown over that kind of stuff. Let me tell you, you got to know how to deal with it, and you got to know what to say, and you got to know how to get that stuff out of people. Let me tell you something. There are people that you walk around on a regular basis that need your prayers. You can't have your own agenda if you're going to walk with Jesus. But here's what he said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him the, the twelve, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal some manner of sickness and some manner of disease. No. It says all manner of sickness, all manner of disease. Now, I don't know if that flew completely over your head, but I want you to understand something, is that there is a difference between sicknesses and diseases. If so, he, if not, that he would have put it all into the same thing. But he's telling us, and that's revelation. That's what you get from God. And, and what he said, he said to heal all manner of sickness and to heal all manner of disease. See, an unclean spirit means this. It's wicked. Stop dancing with the devil in all these things that he tries to get you in. Stop trying to reason with the enemy. Saying that, well, you know, someday I'm the reason why I am because of this. I inherited this or I inherited that. No, it's time for us to reverse the curse. I thought I would get some amens right there. It's time for us to reverse the curse in our families, in our lineage, down through the process. We are children of the Most High God. We are descendants of the covenant. Do we know who we are? Descendants of the covenant of God, Abraham, who believed. And yet, I mean, can you imagine this? Those that are married, think of this. Abraham Here's a voice that says it's time to move. Goes into Sarah, who's making coffee, Maxwell House, of course, and says, Honey, we're moving because I heard a voice. You tell me how that'd go over. <laughs> but then God says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. There is blessings in obedience. There is blessings in listening to God. There are blessings in starting things in your relationship with Him and stopping things. So my question is, is what unclean spirits walk around with you on a daily basis? Think about it. What unclean spirits do you have lunch with on a regular basis? I'm not talking about from other people. I'm talking about from you. What, what unclean spirits did you have Thanksgiving dinner with? What, what unclean spirits do you celebrate your birthday with? You don't have to have any. Because you could be free. Set free. Well, let me ask you this. Pastor John, since you're preaching to me, and you've got a finger going at me, and I've got three and a thumb back at me. What God reveals, he removes. He said he would make a way out of all temptation, way of escape from all temptation. Not just some of them, but it says all. You got to know who you are. Got to know who you are in Christ. Now, listen to what Luke chapter 9, 1 and 2 says. And then he called the 12 disciples. This gives you another swing on the same story. Uh, 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 he gave the 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all devils. It's right there. Authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Over all devils, what does all mean? All all devils. Give me some devils. Name some devils. Come on. Strife. Envy. That goes along with murder. 
people because those three seem to seem to work together. Jealousy, pride, fear, anger, hopelessness. These are devils. And you continue to talk about these things and brag to people that you have these things, that you possess these things. Well, I just have a problem with anger, and I just don't know how I... You got power over all authority, over all devils. We're not talking about the disease part. We're talking about this. You have, you have power over drugs, you have power over sex, you have power over lust, you have power over porn, you have power over all these things. It's just what happens is people lose the revelation on who they are and they think that they have to do this stuff. No, you don't have to because God is more powerful than that. He's more powerful than any devil. But yet, my God, we talk, about, we talk about the mountain more than we talk about the mountain mover. We talk more about what ails us than we talk more about what God does for us. It tells us that we got this thing all wrong. We got to be talking about, let me tell you something. Here's what I'm convinced of. Very seldom, that the, even those that are close to me, I don't talk about things that bug me. A lot. And, and then when something, somebody says, well, I didn't know that. I don't put it out there. I don't put it out there for the enemy to even hear me. I don't throw it out there. I deal with it with Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I need you to help me with that. Now, you have prayer partners, and you have people that will intercede for you, and you can talk to on a regular basis or when, you, when you're dealing with something. But let me tell you something. Every time that something goes wrong or something goes boo, I'm not on the prayer line telling people all about my woes. I just don't. But you know what? I'm convinced that some people enjoy their woes. Because they get attention. Woe was me. Look, I don't know about you, but there's some things, there's some things that, that would embarrass me if I had to deal with that. And I'm not going to talk about it. Because guess what? I don't want my king to look bad. I don't want Jesus to look bad. And I, look, I'm not telling you that, that I'm not telling you, and please, please let me run a disclaimer. I'm not telling you that because you're going through something, you're embarrassing Jesus. But what I'm saying to you is if you can get the revelation on who you are in Christ, you wouldn't have to deal with it. You could absolutely hit the devil between the head. You have power over the devil. Amen. Over the devil. You have power over him. And it's time for you to man up and start acting like it. You know what? I got to be honest with you. And let me just, let me just, let me just, can I just tell you my thought? I get, and you can look at your shoes if you want to, but I get, and I know some people have cell phone issues and, and you know, and you don't have, um, and you don't have, and your work schedule may not line up and, and things, things may not, you know, be good, but, but I get an email we pray every night, every night at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I repost it every day that we have prayer call, 8 o'clock, shows you the code, shows you how to get there. And there may be three or four people on it. And I appreciate those three or four people that are consistent being on it. But we don't take 8 o'clock for you to stop and clean your house and pray. We take 8 o'clock to pray and to seek the will of God for these churches and for the ministry. I want to encourage you to start getting on that prayer call. Leaders of the church, Connect teachers, man, be on there. 
because it's important that we, that we touch heaven. And then the thing about it is we also have to be able to, to, to do battle with the enemy and to say, look, we, we take authority over that in Jesus' name. And, and I'm not talking about just one of them zip de doo dah prayers where we say, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for the, the money you give us to pay our bills. We thank you for this. We thank you for that. Yes, we are thankful. But I'm telling you, I've gone on that prayer call before, and I have screamed at the devil. And some of you all have heard me do it. I have screamed at the devil and tell him, who do you think you are? Let me tell you, it's a time for the church to do battle because let me tell you, here's what I think. I think the prayer call would be full if you had something wrong with a child or something wrong with a, a, a husband or a wife. But what happens is maybe your life is too cozy and you just don't need God. Well, I don't need prayer right now, so to heck with this. I'll, I'll do something at 8 o'clock. And no, let me tell you something. We need to get on there. People are going to hell and we're letting it happen. We're letting it happen. My God, we're letting, people, we're letting people just snip out of hell because we're so busy that we don't have 20 or 30 minutes to get together and pray. It's time for us to touch heaven. Well, as long as my life is okay. I've been, to, I've been into it to where my life wasn't okay. I've been in it where I didn't know how God was going to move, but he did. I've been on those prayer calls where I've said, God, I don't see it, but I'm just going to trust you. I'm not trying to get on you, but what I'm saying to you is that who in the world is not busy enough to where we can pray? You want to fill this church up? Prayer. That's how we do it. You say, well, what are you trying to fill it up? You want your pocketbook full? I've been accused of that. I don't think there's anything I haven't been accused of. I don't want your money. I want souls. We got 100 chairs in here, however many. We want them full. There's, you know what? There's a soul missing right there and a soul missing right there and a soul missing right there. And maybe because of you praying at the 8 o'clock prayer call, somebody will get into the kingdom of God. I'm talking like the old timers, Carlos, where they said, grab the horns of the altar and pray them in. Pray them through in Jesus' name. Let me tell you something. I'm talking about that kind of prayer. We're too casual and we're too comfortable in our relationship with Jesus. And you know, some of you all can make this prayer call. Some of you could. Who do you think it's for? All of us. Well, I don't want to pray out loud. Don't. Just agree with us. Just agree with us. Sam Wayne gets on that prayer call and he cries every time. You know why? Because he's a humble man. And you know what? He touches heaven. He touches heaven. And you know what? He's thankful. I love hearing Sam pray. I tell Christy, I say, I wonder if Sam's going to pray tonight. Turn that volume up. I've been hunting with Sam all last week. We had some good times. Sam and I have a girlfriend up on the hill, and she's a doe. <laughs> and first day we got in the woods, she was standing there looking at me. I said, girl, I know I'm fine looking. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> I told Sam, I said, look at that doe standing there. I mean, I could. it was like between here and that pane glass right there. And, and I thought... And I turned around and I thought, you know, she looks like a pet. She looks like a pet, didn't she? So Sam goes out and feeds her and she spent about all week with us. Well, who could shoot that one? She had mascara around her eyes. She had a different color in her ears. And she's really pretty. I mean, she's just really pretty. And I'm thinking... Wow, you know, it's like we can't shoot her, but although she would look good on the mantle. But, well, I don't know where I was going, but Sam and I just had great conversation and, and, and enjoyed, you know, the time that, the time that we, were, we were together. But let me tell you something. It's time for us to get busy. 
I would have thought by now that the Pulse Church in Gassaway would be two services with buses running back and forth bringing people to this campus. I would have thought that by now. Look at how many empty seats we have around us. Why? Why? The surveys that are out there towards church growth is that people come to church because they were invited. You say, well, I'm not going to invite somebody to drive up this far. Jackson County, West Virginia. Kanawha County, West Virginia. Kanawha County, West Virginia. Kanawha County, West Virginia. Putnam County, West Virginia. And you're saying, well, I wouldn't drive that far to church. Well, Pastor Wright always said a church alive is worth the drive. And my thing is, is are we alive in Gasaway, West Virginia? Are there things that we need to do? And you say, man, you're being hard on me today. No, I'm just telling you that you have the power to believe and it's time for you to walk in all his power, in all his glory. Authority over all devils. Well, no, they're just supposed to be that way. No, because John 10.10 tells you and me that we are to live the abundant life. And let me tell you, look up the word abundant. And I love the word abundant. And I want to live in the abundant life. I told Christy, I said, you know, in January, I want to to go to Florida. Hope Pastor Doug is back by then and, I, and Christy and I can go to Florida. What we can't get in the rooms that we normally have while we're down there because somebody else thinks it belongs to them. And I think, no, we want to go to Florida. And I'm thinking, okay, God. So I'm thinking, well, do we need to take a cruise or do we need to go to the Bahamas? Do we need to go farther down? You say, well, let me ask you something. What limits your thinking? Well, that costs money. When did you ever read in the Bible that, that God was concerned about money? He talks a lot about it, but he tells us how we can have the abundant life. I know what it's like to have money and also know what it's like to not have money. And Zig Ziglar said this. He said, if you're going through a situation in your life, would you rather go through that situation broke or with money? He said, with money. Let me tell you something. We limit our thought process. We limit ourselves because of our lack of faith and our lack of trust in God. You know what? I looked at that that, that truck was $32,000. And I'm thinking, okay, $32,000. Well, what's the first thing people think? Well, I got to get a loan for that. What did I tell you all? What did I tell you from this pulpit? I'm not doing any more loans. When I get me one of them trucks, I'm going to pay cash for it. You say, well, how can you do that on your salary that we pay you here? I I have seen God move. And I have seen him bless. I walk through my house and I tell it that it's paid off. And I got a car out there that's got 200,000 miles on it. And, 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 and the thing about it is it runs just fine. And I got a title to it. Why limit yourself? Well, God, uh, God can't do that for me. Why? Why do you have to go in debt to have everything that you want? Because you haven't got the revelation on how to get it. You're believing for big things, aren't you? There's people here that are believing for their car payment. I'm believing for millions. Not for me, but for the kingdom of God. We got other churches to build. Almost done. Can I just have a couple more minutes? Like, like uh, you remember Ross Perot? <laughs> had that big, bull, that big board up there. He, said, he was on Larry King Live one night, and he said, 
it, Larry interrupted, and he said, Larry, 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 can I, can I finish, Larry? <laughs> he, he cracked me up. I thought, my God, if he's president. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Authority over all devils. And to curse diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You get great teaching out of this pulpit here with Pastor Doug and all the other, uh, all the other preachers that come through this, through here. You get great preaching on the podcast and all the different connect groups. You're getting some great teaching. My question is, is why is there so much unbelief within the church if you're getting that kind of teaching? What do you believe in God for? What are you trusting God for? It's time for us to change the unbelief in this world. Us. To change the unbelief in this world. But if the church can't believe it, how are we going to teach like Jesus did and marveled at the unbelief of, 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 of why he couldn't do certain things? But if the church can't get to revelation, well, it's just we weren't taught up here to do that. We weren't taught. I wasn't either. I learned it. I, anybody remember R.W. Schambach? Remember R.W. Schambach? I went to one of his meetings in Charleston, West Virginia, and I thought, like my daughter says, and people crazy. I heard people screaming behind the curtain. I saw people falling out in the spirit. And I'm thinking, get me out of here. What's wrong with these people? If you hang around it and you see people delivered and set free, It'll rub off on you. For us to be teachers, we have to be educated. Let me ask you something. What is your plan to learn more about Jesus? What's your plan? What's your three-month plan? I I roll out a three-month plan to you today and say, okay, Pastor Doug's vision is to make disciples. Yes, I'm firmly 100% behind that. How do we make disciples? You got to have a plan. How are you going to do it? Well, I plan on reading my Bible before I go to bed. I plan on catching five minutes of your podcast in the morning, and that's all I got time for. We go to bed with preaching. There's sometimes I don't sleep much because some, sometimes that preacher will get on, get on something and I'll sit there and I'll just lay there and just listen to it all night because I need that. Because there are devils and demons that I need to defeat. And I've got to have the power of God inside of me to be able to defeat them. They may not be within me, but they'll be within people. And so what happens is, is if I have the power and I'm instant in season and out of season, then guess what? I'm going to see things happen. You need to get yourself to a place with God to where he's not freaking you out. And I know <laughs> some things happen and you don't understand it. But you got to get to yourself and you got to get to a place in your life where you say, well, God, that just freaked me out. I didn't know what to expect out of that. I've seen the demonic I don't go looking for it, but I've seen it. We were up in Quincy. That was where it was. Quincy, the old post office. Woman hugging the wall like this. I'm thinking, that woman's baddie. What's wrong with her? She looks at me and she says, I know who you are. And I know who Paul is. And I said, devil, who are you? Do you know 
that the demonic has to obey you? You tell it to reveal itself, and it will speak it out. It will tell you exactly who it is. And I've had to do that. I said, devil, who are you? She said, I'm legion, and I'm many. And she storms out of the church, and she runs for the car, and the Lord spoke to me that my dad was in danger. He was loading the van. The church was over. Uh, church service was over, and, he, and, I, and I went running out behind her. Not chasing her, but I went running out to dad. She parked right behind where, uh, where the van that we, that we used to evangelize and travel in. She parked right behind, uh, and it was parallel parking, and there wasn't that much room. And I said, dad, move out of the way. Buddy, she floored the car, and if he, she would have hit him. We're dealing with real stuff here. But you got to get over some of the stuff that you're dealing with and get freedom of some of the things that you're dealing with so that you can go out and free the other people. The problem is, is the church is bound. That's why the world's bound. Almost done. Matthew, Mark chapter 16, 17, and 18. Here's what it says. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Shall they speak with new tongues? Shall they, shall they take up serpents? And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they might get better. That's not what that says. They shall get better. They shall recover. They shall recover. Signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. I have those signs and wonders that believe that follow me because I believe. Do you have the signs and wonders that follow you because you believe? Preacher, I just ain't buying what you're selling. Well, let me tell you something. There are people that could be in your families that are waiting on you to get it so that they could be free. They don't know how to be free. They don't know how to walk into freedom. They don't know how to walk in to when you walk into somebody and you lay hands on them and they get better. Just mysteriously. You say, well, how come they got better? And, and can I close with this? Stop revealing the Holy Spirit as a somebody or a something. Well, you know, I was driving down the road the other day and something just told me. To go that way instead of this way because there were, then later on you figured out that there was an accident that, that, that was that way. Well, Lord, you know, I tell you what, I, was, I saw this person in the Walmart the other day and um, something just told me to go up and tell them about Jesus. Stop talking about the third part of the Trinity as a something. Tell people. You know what? I was driving down the road the other day and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and told me to go over to such and such's house and knock on the door and pray for him. People may look at you like you're batty, but that something that's talking to you is the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that's talking to you. Or depending on what side of the fence you came from, the Holy Spirit Stop revealing to it as a something. Oh, he's something all right. Oh, I'm going to tell you, he's something all right. Woo! Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, and I'm done. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses upon me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. When a person gets saved, they receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. We receive, we receive the Holy Spirit. But there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit that we need. 
for us to get started laying hands on the sick and them getting better, for us moving into the relationship that Jesus Christ wants us to be in, to get rid of demons and devils within inside of us, we have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We have to. That's the only way that we're going to see the miraculous take place. And if you don't have that Holy Ghost, man, that's how we end today. We want to pray for you because you need it. I remember one time, back before Christy and I got married, Christy was um, really seeking, uh, seeking God. We were dating. And her and a friend of hers were going to a revival meeting at Valley Christian Assembly, which is down in Charleston, right across from where I grew up, off of Bigley Avenue. She said, I'm just seeking more of God. I'm seeking more of power from God. And, and we weren't married yet. And I'm thinking, oh boy. And I wasn't, I wasn't spirit-filled at the time. And I'm thinking... God, what are you doing? So she goes up front for prayer. <laughs> the preacher was praying for her that she get the Holy Ghost. I had my hand on her praying that she wouldn't. I'm telling you the truth. I took my hand off of her, and then she never... And nothing ever happened. So then, the preacher wanted to pray for me because he felt like there was a calling on my life. And so he brought me forward and, and prayed for me. Well, they start praying for me. Christy gets the Holy Ghost while they're praying for me. That night, I'm walking up and down Albert Street at 1 and 2 in the morning in a bathrobe telling God that he's made a mistake. I thought, God, she's filled with the Holy Ghost now. And I know what happens with all that because I was, I, you know, I've been around it long enough and I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly with it. And I'm thinking, God, you made a terrible mistake here. So then, Sunday morning, she, wanted, she had promised some friends of hers that we would go to New Life Church. I don't know if any of you all remember Davy Joe Hissom, some of the local people in, in Charleston would, but Davy Joe Hissom um, was killed in an airplane crash um, looking at a, at, at a church, and, and so, yeah, which I'll never understand that one. So I, we went to that church. He was already had passed away, and Jim Legg was the pastor. There was a guy named Charlie Sammons, and guess what they preached on that morning, and she wanted to go there. Preached on baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I thought, oh. I said, okay. So there was a guy named Charlie Sammons. I'll never forget, I don't even know where he's at today. And I went up front and I said, would you pray for me? When he prayed for me, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit began to work in my life. At that point. And God forgave me for saying that he made a mistake. But you've got you to have it. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to know when, what to do and how to be led by him. So I challenge you today. And I, I, I challenge you to take a step of faith and ask him to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Ask him to baptize you in his power. He said in the scripture here, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses in both Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. You need the Holy Ghost to get started. Some of you all are dealing with things that you need to get rid of, and you've got the power through the Holy Spirit to get rid of it. You've got things in your life that you need to stop and things that you need to start. And I challenge you today to do that. And I challenge you to get on that prayer call. 
I send out announcements for you to be on that prayer call. And please start being on that prayer call. Because we have got things that need to be bathed in prayer. God's waiting on us to get it right. The people of Braxton County are waiting on us to screw it up so they can talk about us. I'm telling you. They're waiting on us. They've, there's so many preachers and churches up here that have made a mockery of Christianity. Preachers stealing, preachers swipe, swapping and doing all this kind of stuff. It happens everywhere. Church people jumping. You know, church growth is not measured by, you know, people uh, leaving one church and coming to another one. That's, they're swapping aquariums. Fish swapping aquariums. Church growth is souls. New, and I'm thankful for everyone that transitioned into this ministry. But let me tell you something. It's about souls. I love you more than you can ever imagine. I want what's best for you. I care about you. One thing I can tell you is I'm not going to hell for you. I wouldn't go to hell for my kids as much as I love them. Somebody asked me that one time. They said, would you go to hell for your kids? Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> Jesus. So where are you? Stand to your feet tonight, today. Do you feel like that you have the power to lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover? If you don't, let's pray about it. Let's pray. Let's ask God to help us. Let's get, let's get real with God. Where are you? What are you struggling with that's keeping you from where your relationship needs to be? Man, let me tell you something. You, you, you peel a scab off of you that's been there for years that God's dealt with you on. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it's a little painful, but there's victory on the other side. Where are you today? Where are you? You want to come and pray, ask God to help you? Want us to pray for you today if you're dealing with some kind of sickness, uh, some kind of mental uh, thing within your life, and you, you, you don't feel like that you're stable where you need to be? Let's pray that thing off of you. Because guess what? The Bible tells us we have power. Jesse, we have power over every bit of it. Every bit of it. Where are you today? The altar's open. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus? I encourage you to. You want prayer? Come and let's pray for you. If you're having trouble in your foot, like your toes, your, your foot, that, that came to me while I was playing piano today. If you're having trouble in your foot area and, and, and you want us to pray for you, uh, come and let us pray for you and, and lay hands on you for God to touch those toes and that foot to be healed in Jesus' name. I believe it's a right foot. Crowd was shouting, crucified. Could have come from these lips of mine. The dirty shame oh, so was killing me. It would take a miracle to wash me. You're white, you're right. Then I read. Here, church. What he reveals, he removes. Don, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that John is so special enough that you spoke to me about his foot. And Father, I speak over this toe right now, and I command it to line up to the will of God and be healed, be whole, be well in Jesus' name. Father, that pain, that cramp that happens in that foot, healed in the name of Jesus, moving this day forward. No more pain. And Father God, I thank you, I thank you for this willing servant. And Father God, I pray a fresh anointing, Father, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Thank you, God, that when he walks back to his seat, no pain. Thank you, God, for your power. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Give Jesus some praise. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Praise God, John. Hallelujah. Praise God. Totally healed. Jesus' name. Jesus' name.
You say, well, that kind of stuff freaks me out. No, it's the supernatural where God wants us to work. He speaks to us. He wants to speak to He speaks to me like that, but He'll speak to you like that. You have the same power inside of you. Don't limit yourself from where God wants you to be. God, I pray you help us to teach people the miraculous because you're teaching us that when we go to the restaurant, we can lay our hand in the hand of the waitress or the waiter and say, we pray healing. Christy and I and our family were in uh, uh, we're in uh, Daytona Beach last year. The waiter came to our table and I asked him, I said, tell me what's going on in your chest area right here. And he said, the doctors told me that I had cancer here. He didn't tell me that. We had unbelievers in the, uh, around the table. I think James, uh, I think James McKee was there with us, and, and we were three or four of us. And I said, can I pray for you? He said, yes. Everybody bowed their head. Man, we were hungry too. But hunger and thirst for righteousness over food, man, any day. What God reveals, he will remove. He'll speak to you because he cares about you. Father, I thank you for your people. Oh, I pray for this revelation, Father God, that you move on these people. Move on this congregation, Lord, to fill this place up with souls, inviting people to come to know Jesus, inviting people to come and be a part of what God is doing. God, we give you praise and we give you honor. Protect us, God. Lead us, guide us, and direct us to people that need you that will never fail to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Church is busy this week. We need all hands on deck. We need you on Wednesday night to come and help, and we need you on Friday night. We're going to be passing out stuff to the people, and uh, it's evangelism. It's time to share Jesus with people in the community. Amen. Have a great day, everybody.